Welcome to another exciting program at Copy with Vance. That's right. This is your host, Vance here. And I also have a guest speaker today with me to talk a topic on what does the youth of today truly want. And um, I'm very delighted to inform all our viewers that we are also live in Spotify and podcast as well. So uh, after this show, even eventually, uh, after 30 minutes or so, our podcast will be live as well. You can hear that. Right now, we are live in Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. So without any delay, I'm going to call my guest speaker, Yong Song. Hi, Yong Song. Hi. Hi, good evening, fans. Pleasure to be with you here. How are you there, buddy? I'm great. Doing great. Yeah. Thank you. So before we go on, uh, maybe if you can just do a quick uh, introduction about yourself to all our viewers and also is going to our podcast as well. Sure. So uh, my name is Yong Song. I'm a fourth year undergraduate, a rising fourth year undergraduate in law and liberal arts. I'm currently enrolled in both Yale and U.S. College as well as NUS Faculty of Law. Thank you, Yong Song. So that was a very good introduction about yourself. So yes, so we are in this topic today of what does the youth of today truly want. Um, so just to get a little bit of warm up um, before you know, you know, before you start an exercise program, you always do a warm up, right? So you're just going to do a warm up. So right now, um, you're what? How many how many years have you been studying all the way? You know, uh, without any break. Well, you're talking about since primary school, right? Well, yeah. Do some. Yeah. So adding up uh, primary, secondary, so that would be uh, 12 plus 4 years. I mean, yeah. not count two years in NS. La. That's okay. like 16 years in, oh, 15 years in total of uh, being okay. in the education system. Thank you. Um, how has it been like? I mean, you know, without a break, I know you have just completed, your, I mean, not say you just completed, you completed your NS and now you're in the fourth year, right? And I also know that you're also doing a double degree double how is that possible you know people doing one degree already they are stressed especially nowadays youth right you look at them they're already so stressed up you know in coping up how do you able to manage with double degree right so um i think so mentioning ns it did serve as a good break lah, because i think if we, i went straight into university right after jc i think that might um I, i'm not sure how that would turn out i really appreciate having a two-year break and uh, fortunately, I think uh, university breaks are much longer, uh, three months. I think the intensity in university is much higher than that um, in, in, in the earlier stages of my education. So I do appreciate having a longer summer break, which I am on right now. Um, speaking of double degree, right, uh, it does sound uh, much tougher. And yes, it, when I first got in the program, I, was, I did feel a bit intimidated by it. But uh, fortunately for me, it's a two degrees spread out over five years. Uh, I think the school did a very a fantastic job of like pacing out the courses such, such that uh, we do not like burn ourselves entirely. I think there are certain semesters we have to overload, like take extra classes over the normal load. And we do struggle quite a bit sometimes. Uh, but I think overall, like um, I'm fortunate enough to be in a very wonderful and supportive learning environment with friends out there for just emotional support as well. So I think that's that's how I, I keep up, uh, just cope with all the all the, the craziness of the, the pace of the education system. Okay. So I think we have already done the warm-up already, right? You're already warmed <laughs> up. <laughs> so we'll go dive into the topic. I mean, all the best for your double degrees. Um, today is going to be a very inspiring uh, topic today about youth because nowadays we can see a lot of youth are getting into um issues uh, especially like anxiety depression um sometimes they even go into a little you know detour you know not focusing losing focus and kind of stuff so we're going to go into that uh thank you viewers if you're watching this we are live at spotify and apple Podcasts as well you can listen to them from copy with fans um we are going into the topic um the changing trend um youngson i mean you like what we spoke earlier, I mean, the n number of years that you have cal calculating earlier on uh, that shows that, you know, you lost count of your education. Um, what do you see in the current era of the students or even the youth compare uh, these five years or seven years when you were studying? Um, what do you see a change in the trend? Right, I think across the years, one very important uh, change in terms of how youth expectation or like how, how, how basically how the youth behave and 
how the youth think, I guess it's really um, very, very much influenced by technological change, right? And also like just the general exposure to information is just increasing as we go to the younger generations. I think if you're talking about my, if you're talking about the Gen Zs, for example, uh, which is people born either after 1995 or the 2000s, this is the generation of, of children who are raised in the age of the internet. That's right. We grew up uh, having access to a really a what, uh, just uh, a plethora of information sources out there, Wikipedia, Google, they're all available to us. So mm -hmm. I, I guess this does make the youth today much more well-informed as, as opposed to like uh, the, their parents' generation or grandparents' generation. Uh, of course, also, I think especially in Singapore, the youth today are privileged enough to have enjoyed material comforts, which the previous preceding generations didn't have. So mm -hmm. um, not having to worry about uh, just feeding, like living, uh, like growing up in poverty or having to like um, support the family. I, I think all this gives a lot more room for the youth to focus on their personal development. Uh, so I, I think all this added up together um, definitely develops a generation that has a very uh, kind of a very different outlook from what came before. But that but, being uh, said, I do. Yeah, but sorry, but do yes. we agree that, you know, past 10 years ago and versus right now, uh, technology has changed. The amount of uh, education has improved. Um, the way you know, the methods now look at it over the past two years when the pandemic kicks in, already kicked in us in the bud. Uh, but, you know, we all be in virtual, you know, with so much of technology, why, you know, even though the trend is becoming greater and better for the youth, but somehow or other, do you think the youth is also able to adapt to it? Right. So uh, I think that you, you, you hit the, you know, like, like, basically, I think that's a call, the crux of the issue, right? Like, are we... This, despite the youth being more well informed, are we still keeping up with this the, the, the rapid change that's happening? And um, actually, I so personally, I think um, I, I don't think so, actually, right? Because, like, um, you compare like the amount of technological change that happened just within like this past decade with what came before. I mean, the pace is so much, this is really crazy because, like, um, you have when you, you have like new jobs that are there, you have jobs that's going extinct, you have new jobs popping up every one or two years, new industries that is just emerging um, and new apps, new platforms that are just popping up. If you ask me uh, 10 years ago, when I was still in secondary school, uh, whether I wanted to be, uh, like, if, uh, what I wanted to be, I couldn't have imagined that being a TikTok influencer or being a okay. crypto trader could have been an option. Right? So yeah. yeah, it's rapid changes that are, uh, we are all like kind of like trying to grapple with. But at the same time, I don't think the human species have evolved as such, uh, can evolve at such a pace to keep up with these technological changes. So you have this new technology coming in and it's kind of overwhelming us. And But I think biologically, uh, we are all kind of like figuring out and still and struggling to like keep up and find a, like a healthy equilibrium in terms of dealing with them, I guess. Yeah, that's my personal take on it. <laughs> You know, Yong Song, I know in this topic, right? What does the youth of today truly want? You know, we can just go in segments like season one, season two, season three, because there's so much of yeah. them to understand, yeah. right? Um, when I compare my youth, even though I'm not youth anymore, you can see all the beard coming up. <laughs> uh, back about 20 years back or even 30 years back, you know, that kind of technology, what we had, like what we are, I mean, you know, we have not met, but it seems like the synchronization between the both of us is so good because of virtual is there. So the trend has really has improved. Technology has already has improved so much. But if the youth able to cope up with that and adapt to the changes, I think they are. But also we know that these words are happening. You know, I'm, I'm OTW, LOL. You know, nowadays uh, trend also is changing. So the communication part also dropping. What do you think on that aspect? Uh, because as we are still in the changing trend right now. Hmm. I personally think that uh, that's not too bad a development, including the use of emojis. I think I do, I, I, I do see a lot of language purists out there be like, oh, the youth today don't know how to write properly anymore using all these short forms and emojis, these weird icons. What do they even mean? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I just think that this is part of a natural evolution of like languages and also like just how humankind has developed over the years, right? But it's just like shrunk into a much shorter time yeah. frame. 
Definitely. as compared to like the larger part of history, right? Because I mean, uh, I just see these phrases, for instance, maybe eventually of being in officially incorporated in English language, for instance. Uh, I mean, if you could zoom back 200, 300 years, I mean, English is a language that incorporated so many languages over the years. I and mean, you can't say that distill it to like, oh, these are the original English that originated in England. They incorporated French, incorporated even Chinese words over the years. So I, I do see, as we give it maybe a decade or two more, I think this would become like the accepted uh, standard of English. I think you'll maybe so, enjoy that. Uh, so you, you think that probably in another 10 years time, the trend has changed and people won't talk anymore. Oh, OTW, uh, LOL, uh, FYI, IS, I see you. So it's like all like short words and you know it's going to be... <laughs> I think we got to change as, as, as parents, as adults. I think we got to change towards the youth way of trends, right? Probably we agree with that. Yeah, no, I guess that's true. But at the same time, I don't think we are alien to it uh, completely, right? I mean, our grandparents' generation, they, they'll be also be speaking their own dialects, their own different like regional languages. Then suddenly the next generation, our parents' generation will be speaking in the official mother tongues. Then it came to us where like most of us, we are conversing to each other in English right now. Right, to make, make all this type of like intercultural, interracial engagement possible. So now moving forward with emojis and all these short abbreviations, acron common acronyms, maybe that's what brings the youth of the world, like brings populations across the world together. Yeah, yeah that's as a, as a common language. All right. So I don't so see that as a... English, it will change. Yeah. It will definitely change, right? All right. Uh, thank you, Yongsong, because right now we have already have a few viewers that's already been uh, asking us questions already. I'm definitely going to take that for sure, Tulika and Nirgul Vanadi. If I sorry if I pronounce your name wrongly, uh, but 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 we're going to take another one more um, uh, a question right now, and then before we we jump into that uh, thing. Um, so, what a youth really want? I mean, what do they really want, right? Uh, parents are facing a lot of issues. Uh, teachers sometimes also having a lot of challenges. What a youth really wants. So, what way can we go by? Where can we start? Uh, what is the comparison, or rather, what were you before and now, and what do you see? So, I I think there's two parts of my answer to that. The first part, I mean, my intuitive answer is actually the youth today, they are not wanting things that are drastically different on a very like basic level from what youth of the yesteryears wanted. I think, uh, for example, I can like, the youth today want to be heard. They want their voices to matter. They want uh, to be able to explore themselves, discover the world. I think these are aspirations that every youth from, these are timeless aspirations that youth across different generations, they all aspire to do. After all, I think a lot of like, activism, a lot of like very optimistic movements kind of are started by youth because of that youthful energy that we have seen across history. But at the same time, uh, the second part of my answer is yes, I do recognize that because of the technological changes that we outlined earlier, uh, the kind of the tangible things, the tangible outcomes that, certain, that, that the youth today might be looking towards, even though they might fulfill that same big idea that youth across the ages one might be might be drastically different. For instance, our grandparents' generation, they might be their their final goal, what they're looking forward is really like they start a family early on, maybe in their late in their 18, like when they're 18, 19 or early 20s. And their whole goal in their youth, the hope that they're striving towards was to provide a family. We can't say that of the youth today. I mean now with the expectation that uh, yeah. most youth we have to complete our formal education, uh, go to university to get, uh, and after that. Uh, but at the same time, with all this information and all this exposure to different ways of living life and a deeper contemplation about what it means to live uh, fully, live out our full potential, I think the youth today have much more varied ideas of um, what what they want. True. Uh, so. I don't profess to be a spokesperson for all youth also, but I do reckon but I do think that the youth today, I think what the youth one today comes in like uh, many more forms. Like right. kind of like uh, so many more forms than what, what the youth of yesterday's want, which makes it much more a very much more complicated picture, I guess. 
So I'm going to take this um, um, viewer's uh, comment here. Uh, thank you, Nirgumardi. Uh, she said that the rapid changes and increase in complexity of today's world present new challenges and put new demands on our education system. There has been generally a growing awareness of the necessity to change and improve the preparation of students for productive functioning in the continuing uh, changing highly demand environment. So I think she's also saying that agreeing that students these days facing difficulties on adapting to the challenges of changes um, comparison to us like for me there wasn't any technology at that time uh, probably we we're using pages uh also do you know what a pager is i've seen one before yes <laughs> <laughs> not that young to uh, not know what so if you go to page me uh, probably you will get a reply after three hours because uh, i will be in the bus but i know oh yongson has page me because there will be a number that we use from our landline um, and then after that, we move to the zone phone, right? So you have a mm -hmm. phone, but that can be only used in certain neighborhoods or certain areas where the zone is. So you can't be using the phone. You can have the phone in with you, but then you're like, okay, where is the zone? So you need to be in that zone to use the zone phone. So technology really has improved, right? Um, with so much of technology in the phone, you know, alarm, your calendar, your memo, your, your synchronization of your office, your emails, everything in just a single piece of equipment or machine or product. But like, like we mentioned again, right? The, 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 as, as the youth dare to dream, they are ready to explore a lot of stuff that what I wasn't able to do that when I was 30 years back. But I totally agree with you. Things are changing rapidly and um, we, the youth also must be able to adapt it quickly and move on. But the next one I'm going to post is um, the kind of stress they are going through in the hardship in education and peer pressure, especially peer pressure, uh, seems to be a, a big thing right now, right? Um, if, example, if a kid is doing something, that parent or that kid also wants to do the same thing or even more better than that. So there's always a competition. Um, what do you, your take in this? Yeah, I do think that this is uh, a trend that has only intensified in recent years. Um, I'd like to, to, to put it very simply, simply, how I see kind of like the challenges that you face over the years, um, how, how it evolved is that I think in the past, the youth's main struggle probably would be much more material, much more tangible. It has to do with like their, just, uh, their physical well-being, whether they are able to kind of like um, support the family and all that, like just be able to, they're in survival yeah. mode, but especially in the earlier days of, our independence uh, where things weren't, weren't as like um, mm. comfortable as it is now. So right now we do have the material comforts and my generation have, has, we, we, we are brought up under, under such, in such a privileged um, environment. But I think what has compounded and what has worsened over the years is really like that mental, uh, it's like kind, of like a, kind of like a deterioration of mental health across the board. Um, I, I, I think... I can imagine a lot of like uh, the older folks maybe rolling their eyes and it's like, yeah, that's because your generation is strawberry generation yeah. and they are not Indian and whatever. But I want to put it in context again with what we have mentioned about technological change. The youth today are being brought up in a very different environment where they're constantly bombarded with information, bombarded with expectations also that comes naturally when you're living in a comfortable environment and a developed nation. And so I think it, it, it does compound over time. So it has moved away from a very like physical concerns to much more like uh, something that comes from within, that there's something that clicks the inside of the mind. Kind of, it's a, it's a, mental, uh, it's a mental issue now. So hardships and kind of like, um, I think their content in, in, in our curriculums have increased because we're dealing in a much complex world right yeah. now also. Peer pressure has also increased. Uh, again, I think because uh, there, there's that drive to, where like, like, like with, with parents having been educated themselves, wanting their child to do better than them, and also wanting their child to have the best possible future, uh, and kind of like, that compounded with the fact that I, I think how our system is set up is that um, it's kind of, it can be, a, it's, it might seem like a zero-sum game sometimes from the national exams, whether 
you meet the cutoff point or not, if you get an opportunity, someone else loses it. I think all this add up together, it does contribute to a very like uh, rat race like uh, environment where the kids today, where the youth of today is kind of like brought up. Like. But do you think parent plays a very important part in this, in, in putting so much of pressure? Because I'm going to... I'm going to say what exactly has happened before the pandemic. I went to my kid's school uh, for collecting results, right? Um, so I, I was seeing, you know, usually you can see all the tears happening. Some are tears of joy. Some are tears of results that is below. So there was so much of mixed emotions in that hall. Uh, but literally I saw one parent just standing there and screaming at the child. You know, from the top to bottom and the child is like feeling depressed. I, I can actually view it, right? Because the kind of energy that I, I feel from, from far, um, yelling and yelling and yelling. And so it's like a bit of a very, um, what should I say? A lot of people are saying you feel so embarrassed. But but do you think parents are nowadays too hard as well to, towards the kids? You got to take 100 upon 100. Why do you take 99 upon 100? Why? Where is the one mark? They're so stressed about the one mark. Because why? Um the another student got 100 upon 100 and then particularly this student got 98 upon 100. Do you think parents are putting so much of stress on the kids? So I, I do think a lot, uh, like parents do constitute a big source of stress on the children. Uh, in terms of how this parental pressure manifests, I think the, what, 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 uh, the anecdote that you related earlier, actually that might even be a bit more old school already in terms yeah. of like scolding or like caning, physical beating yeah. in terms of like if you're not doing well for exam. I think now it has evolved actually, right? It has evolved into something else. I think the generation of where, where, where the, the, the kids that were kind of like scolded or beaten from young, they have become parents themselves and they might be thinking, I don't want to do that with my children. Yeah. But the expectation for their ch kids does not go away. And actually it kind of like, uh, manifest in a different form of pressure that's kind of mm. like more encompassing. So uh, a very simple example is like now parents are sending children, I mean, they can afford to send their children to more classes, enrichment classes, tuition, and all this just um, keeping the children more occupied is another form of stress, I added pressure, because in a sense that like, you think about it, you are taking away the child's free time to do other things and kind of like setting, uh, uh, reserving this block of time where the child has to concentrate on nothing else but studies. The implied message in this is really saying that, yes, um, academics is the most important. The studies is what you should be absolutely focusing your attention on. Mm -hmm. and, um, and actually, if you take it up a different, a whole new level, you know, with DSA, we like to talk about DSA being something of a great leveler of opportunities where students are not academically inclined, uh, they, but they're talented in sports or music. They can also have an equal shot at, say, like the more, most coveted institutions. But I think this has also evolved in recent years. And that's it's something I've been noticing where parents now add additional expectation on children to be good at not just studies, but also sports, also music, yep. you need additional talent in order to be kind of like that perfect child that kind of but, be able but, to... But, uh, Yongsun, you know, there will be a little bit of mixed emotion here as well. I mean, we can say that because parents once said, you know, I wanted to be a lawyer, but I cannot. So never mind. I want my son to be a lawyer. But yeah. eventually that particular youth have a different exploration about life. You know, probably he has something in his mind. But because of parent pressure, you know... Um, you know, if you love to do something, I think probably you will conquer it. But if you don't love to do something, probably you will just do it because it has been forced upon. So there's a big difference in that. So, um, you know, is it because parents, they want the best for the child? You know, we want best for the child. I want her to get 100 marks. If you can get 101, I'll be very happy. You know, those start of things that putting a lot of pressure on the kid and then the kid goes under a tremendous stress. Nowadays, you look at a kid, right? Um, because they're so focused in studies, um, the social life has been reduced or minimized, I, I got to say. Um, they look, you, if you look at them, they're just walking within their pace. You know, they're looking very nerdy, of course. Uh, they're very, you know, very polite. They're just like looking down, very shy. Probably they're not being exposed. Is it really necessary for, for, for a kid to grow up and that can be the character of that particular kid 
and then how the particular kid is going to face the world. I mean, probably the kid has double degree or four degrees or five degrees, but he can't face the world. So are we missing that element here? Because we always talk about work-life balance. But for kids, they are forgetting about the joy of playing and enjoying, you know, as a fun. You know, they're missing all that. Do you think it will be an impact in the upcoming 10, 20 years? Yeah, so to address the point that you brought up uh, earlier, right, about parents, perhaps it's because like parents are also, in, uh, why why they have expectations for the kids to do well is because like they missed out on certain opportunities and they want their kids to have these opportunities. I, I do agree with you on that. I think and that constitutes a lot of kind of um, expectations that a lot of you face today. Uh, but I think... Um, To address the, the 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 other part of your question, right? It's like, um, are we missing something in terms of like, are parents missing something in terms of their upbringing of our kids? Um, mm, I I I do think that okay, yeah, it might be unfair to characterize all parents in this way. Yeah. Uh, I do I do see good examples of parenting where like they do make the effort to give their child space um to explore. Yeah. For instance, my own parents, uh, I, when I upon reaching secondary school, they kind of just let go. They stop asking me about my academics, asking for okay. my grades, and they didn't. They allowed me to choose which secondary school I want to go to, and also like what CCAs I want to participate in. So, I for for from that point onwards, I felt I had complete freedom, uh, in the, in making my decisions in the academic sphere. So, I felt having that sense of control is in, is exactly is very important. Because right. I think the child then feels empowered, uh, to to kind of like try out the things that he want to do. But at the same time, most importantly, I think, uh, then he'll be really invested and passionate in doing these things that he choose he or she chooses to do. Um, are we are, are most parents kind of missing the point on this? Um, I think I I hope to see, perhaps as like, new the newer parents, the, the that that. They are kind of like having slowly sending their kids to school. They do realize this, and they also shift towards giving their kids more space. But uh, as you mentioned, I do see this as a problem, including uh, just around me and also at my juniors. Kind of like um, how what what their parents expect of them, what their parents kind of like force them to go through. I do see that a problem as like uh, I do see helicopter parenting as being a problem of like kind of like. Caging the students in to yeah. something that don't and, and kind of depriving them of like the joys of youth or childhood, I guess. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Yong Sun. So now we have uh, we were just here from Tulika. Uh, she said uh, she has asked, "What is a successful life for you, Yong Sun?" Well, that is such a profound <laughs> question. And I don't, wow, I think this might take an entire day for me to like. Just, <laughs> okay. I personally, I don't see success in the conventional way, like in terms of fame, money, or like material needs. Personally, for me, a successful life, I guess, would be one where, uh, I'm able to seek. I, I I'm able to find peace with myself. I'm able to like create my uh, happiness in my own life journey, and also kind of like create happiness for those around me, people around me. Uh, I deliberately scope my life, my definition of success, so small because I think um, set while well, while setting like very ambitious goals for what success looks like, I think that is commendable. And at some point, perhaps in my professional career, I will indeed do that. But I think at this point, this is what I feel allows me to give a control over my own life. Uh, this is kind of like a reasonable thing to to ask from myself. Uh, and I th- also don't think it's kind of overly complicated and too affected by like the material desires that we want that that we want lah in a sense because I think being attached to all these very like tangible things um might not be as meaningful because in the long run like they these these material things might be gone but I think to me it's My well-being, as well as the people around me, that kind of like will stay with me throughout my entire lifetime, lah. So I choose to focus more on the people. Wow, that's a well-being. great uh, wisdom words that you have shared, uh, Yongsun. I think that's really a great wisdom because right now 
nowadays you see success is always about fame money properties uh, i got seven cars i got a uh, five houses you know yeah. uh, like you you put it in a very nice and beautiful way i got to say that you know that it it's ever you know you ever exploring right it's about well being um thank you so much um we also have uh, but I, i'm going to take this question because i think you have just completed national service as well um i think i've completed my national service and my reservist <laughs> Yeah. For the past 10 years, I don't want to do it anymore. Not say that I don't want to do it anymore, but I'm done with it. You know, age is catching up. So uh, we give the younger generation to come up with. But of course, uh, this is a little uh, interesting because she has asked. Um, okay, so Indian government is trying to introduce something similar on lines of a national service, but there are a lot of protests. What do you feel is the right balance of studies, degrees and NS? What's your advice to Indian youth? <laughs> Wow, this is this is another very good question. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, but I'm these questions to you because you are upcoming rising, uh, you know, lawyer, no? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, undergrad law for the house. But okay, uh, yeah. if I were to take a step at that question, I I'll just speak from personal experience. I can speak from my personal experience in being through NS, uh, and perhaps maybe you can take whatever you want to take out of and apply it to the yeah. Indian <laughs> context. I, I found national service, as much as I think we all dreaded it as we went through it, it was really beneficial. Just having a two-year break away from studies and giving us a lot more like um, time to really focus on ourselves, personal development, and really work on interpersonal skills. I think that that, that is a very key part um, of like why people like to say that, yeah, it's our boys to men process yeah. why is it it's a process of maturing it's because you are suddenly thrust in a position where you have to take on adult responsibilities uh even if you are not holding any like leadership positions you are still in charge of something at the very minimum you're in charge of a gun or if you're not a combat in the combat service you're in charge of a task an administrative task that might be very important for a unit to function i think being confronted with that and being confronted with having to deal with people, other other individuals uh, in life and death situations for, for some vocations or like or people from different very for very different backgrounds. I think this is a very eye-opening experience for anyone that has to go through it. Um I having having I, I think I wouldn't be reached like where I am right now in terms of like um my my insights about kind of like my, my outlook about the world have I not been through NS. I think it did allow me to approach university uh, in a much more like uh, self-discipline self, self fashion. Yeah, not, not sure, but but I guess it did prepare me for university and also like taking it on and also be men being mentally prepared for what lies beyond university just because of like... Uh, this kind of like the first moment where we kind of have the force to become adults. So I do appreciate having that, that, that process. Uh, I won't go into the details of how good NS is for the country or whatever, but just personally, I think that's great. I think if any youth can go through a process that's similar to that, I think that'd be very beneficial for their own personal growth. We can already send all the wisdom right now, Yongsun. You're going to be a very successful lawyer. The way you answer, the way you talk, I think you have that the right frame of mind, you know, answering that. But Tolika, national service is such a beautiful thing. I got to say, of course, the sergeant, you know, the push-ups, the hard trainings, that's all aside. But um, in terms for a male, right, the kind of a maturity, I don't know what happened, you know. They will say that, you know, you go to NS, you will become better. You become responsible because we got to iron our clothes, we got to wash our clothes, you got to dry up your boots. So I think, uh, Yongsun, you know, talking a little bit on the training side, I think these are the things that actually has made us mad from youth to mad. Do you agree that as well? I do agree. I do agree. But equally, I think if, my, uh, if I apply equally to women as well, right? Uh, I am maybe, I, I think unpopular stance that perhaps like women should also serve national service, but maybe not uh, in the military. Perhaps uh, the other, uh, they mm. should open up more vocations that are kind of like suit to the various needs of different individuals but i do think this is a very um 
essential. This is a very like this is an important milestone in the personal development of any youth that has to go through it. So I do agree. It at least for me, it did turn me from a boy to a man. At least like, uh, in part, not if not in full. Yeah. So there's def- definitely a transition. I don't know what is the transition. I mean, for all the women out there who wants to know what happened in the national service. I can tell you it's a lot of stuff. We don't we we probably don't uh, have one day to talk about it, right? There's so much of things. The responsibility will kick in. Like what Yongsun has said, you know, you'll be doing a lot of roles that is very crucial for the platoon, for the for the unit, and, and so and so forth. So I think automatically the maturity comes in. You tend to have a little bit of change in the character, the attitude, uh, probably the development of your your brain. Probably then only start working. Okay, I need to be serious. So that is a uh, two. Now it's two and a half years, right? Uh, so uh, <laughs> great job, guys, for those who are going in now to serve the national service. Yes, uh, thank you, Tavania. Yes, I agree. Uh, women should do NS also. Yeah, probably you should be the first one to go in and uh, give it a try. You know, she's a very tough lady as well. Thank you, Tavania. Um, we, we're going to take a little bit more of a, but, but okay, maybe I just want to take a little bit of a questions from the viewers because a lot of, um, questions is coming in. Parents are confusing themselves between academic, uh, academic achievements and behavior conditioning. Current parenting focus more of the latter failing of the behavioral and life skills. So yeah, we're talking about life skills, right? I mean, if you look at our school, um, uh, I mean, of course it's great where we are right now is thankful to the teachers and a lot of other teachers. I mean, for yourself as well, you know who they are. But do you think the life skills has also been not taught? Because we always talked about getting the certifications and educations all piling up. But in terms of life skills uh, not being exposed, do you think that will be a right uh, statement to say that? I uh, Yeah, I, I think that's actually a tri- more tricky question than it seems. Because I do think that uh, perhaps more could be done to inculcate life skills in our students. I, what I'm not so sure about is whether it can be taught in a classroom context. I think certain basics, for example, like personal finance, I think that, that can be taught, uh, at least introduced to students. I think concepts can be introduced, like life skill concepts can be introduced to students. Yeah. But ultimately, because it's called life skills, you have to bring it to your own life. You have to like uh, talk the talk and like apply it in order for it to like you to truly like um, internalize it in a sense. Uh, I personally think maybe, maybe uh, the, the answer to that is really in letting, again, giving more space to students to, to, to really figure, figure out these things instead of like being overly controlling, over-engineering what, what, what the child uh, uh, should go through, the type of development journey that child should go through. If the child is being put in a position where everything is planned out for them, where like they know the schedule for all seven days of the week, all 24 hours, kind of already planned out by their yeah. parents, They're going from class to class, without thinking much of what goes between, in between and what goes behind this process, then I think there's no chance that any of these life skills are developed because there's no time for the child to reflect yeah. on, on, on their experience and like, think about like what is, does it take for me to organize my life. Mm. So I do think, and I think in general, I do think that um, giving more freedom and space to the youth, giving more space space to the children is essential if you want to develop a more holistic individual. Because like kind of like learning takes place themselves. You might not trust them, but it will happen. I mean, they might make mistakes and whatever, but they also learn through those. So, so long as you provide, I, I think so long as certain like guardrails are, are kind of like set up, but that doesn't overly stifle their freedom and creativity. I think that that might be the, the, the most ideal condition for them to really develop these life skills. As we speak right now, all the youth will love you, Yongsun, for saying that, you know, <laughs> youth should be given space. Let them, let them explore, let them fall, you know, let them experience. But of course, parents, I think we should guide them, our kids. But I think like what you said, overpowering them, you know, I mean, I understand because the world is ever-changing. It's become a very competitive world. It's becoming very hardships are there. You know, it's not going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be a lot of bed of thorns, I got to say that. But let our kids explore a bit, you know, try to pull them like a kite, you know. But if you're going to control them, they're going to put a lot of pressure. Because why am I saying this statement? Because we have another viewer who just say that you are so lucky, but not all students or kids having this opportunity 
most of them, the parents decide what they should study and who they should they be in future. Most parents make their kids to pursue their dream, which they can't achieve. So as a parent, I can't achieve something. I want to push it towards my kids. And due to this, most of the kids are going through high level of depressions. And um, we also see that because um, they, they are becoming very quiet. They, you know, not sociable. The social is not there. Probably they are not uh, even exploring a lot of stuff. And um, I think that is one of the issues, right? I mean, we can't see as a whole, right? Yeah, exactly. But I, I guess one message I have, perhaps it would be like, um, maybe, maybe to parents out there is uh, if, if you feel like, you you want your child to achieve certain dreams that you might have yeah. had in your own from your own childhood perhaps um one important thing to keep in mind is that those dreams might not even be remain might might no longer be viable given how things are changing again we always assume doctor lawyer as kind of like the most the most lucrative jobs out there but just look at what happened in the past few years the most lucrative jobs now have become like Computer science, big data, big tech, uh, even crypto, all these jobs that didn't exist from kind of like the childhoods of like previous generations. So kind of like what, uh, I, I guess every, every parent wants the best for their child. I guess um, in terms of like, ooh, how, but I, I think the bare min, I, I, think the, I think the essence of it is just that every parent wants their child to be able to thrive, be able to like do well, be comfortable for the rest of our lives so that they don't have to worry about them. There's no need to dictate like what, how that trajectory would take. Prescribing an occupation, prescribing a way, a means of getting there to this final goal, which is like just uh, flourishing, right? Flourishing of life is not necessary. And that includes like occupation, what school your child should go to. All these might be you might be I think I guess it might be a form of over engineering already in this day and age because you really cannot predict in the next one or two years will another COVID happen will another new technology emerge that might upend all these plans all this might be the playbook has been constantly thrown out repeatedly but and I think so long as at the end of the day you uh you do have the best interest of your child at heart just um do I think it would be good to give some space again going to, back to my earlier point to like allow the child some uh, agency to make their own life decisions so long as they don't fear way too way off the path to become really someone unrecognizable. I think that should be encouraged. Yeah. Well said that, uh, Yongson. For definitely, I said again. Second time, I'm saying all the youth will love you. They will start to look up for you. You know, <laughs> for saying that. Uh, I mean, it's very uh, pleasing to the years to hear that. That you know, coming from a youth, uh, becoming a from teenager from a youth, then now you're man. Now you are in the. Uh, I mean, it's great word. I got to say, it's all wisdom here. Um, and another issue that's uh, a lot of time parents they say. Why can't they listen to me? Why they can't listen to the parents? Why? You know, um, what is the rational behind this? I think we already heard several threats that we mentioned earlier. But I think the firstly, I guess, like, I don't think it's that uncommon for youth to not listen to their parents across the different generations also, right? We, I think it's well known that in the teenage years, yeah. everyone goes through a rebellious phase. I mean, uh, because they... Again, they want, they desire independence, they desire freedom to explore. Mm, so, and, and perhaps perhaps that, that explains a big part of it. But I think another part of it, again, is uh, what I mentioned earlier about exposure to information. Um, again, maybe certain, maybe there are certain pieces of advice coming from uh, the older generations that might not, the youth might perceive to be like outdated or might not. Uh, apply as uh, as well in today's context. Uh, I guess again, for instance, it's like uh, I I did a few four years ago. I did relief teaching back at Hua Chong. I have like some of my juniors telling me that oh, um, my teacher just told me that I need to decide on what career I need to, I what 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 career I need to go into right now in secondary school. In my mind, my response was just. How is that possible? Again, as we mentioned, things are changing. Like all these careers might vanish by the time they graduate. By the time they graduate, things are changing so fast. 
you uh, we as an this how advice maybe it worked for a good 20 or 30 years before this but now it it, it really is kind of like on shaky ground so perhaps it's because they perceive this these advice uh including me i perceive these advice to be kind of like less viable in today's age and that is why like they, we are kind of like more selective in terms of like what do we want to take from parents and what we would prefer like resorting to other sources for, 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 for reliable information. But I do want to say that I do think there is value in the wisdom of older generations. I think there are certain uh, things that are just timeless. Lah. For example, like just dealing with um, kind of um, just dealing with life challenges dealing with relationships, dealing with like personal hardship. All this, I think our parents' generation or like just the elders, they have so much to offer us. Yeah, personally, I mean, I go to my mom for counsel whenever I'm feeling, being down or whatever. And so I do still see value in that. And I do think a lot of youth, they do see that too. It's just, I guess, depending on what stage of life your the, the, the child is, they might not like express it more like outwardly. Like, but I think deep down we all feel the same way about uh, what, what our parents, uh, our, our parents like uh, genuine advice to us. Yeah. Well said, uh, Yongson. I mean, uh, we are in forty-five minutes of talk um, on the topic of what does the youth of today truly want. With me is Yongson. Um, we are going on a great conversation right now, almost forty-seven minutes, and we are live at Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are in LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook as well. We are just talking about youth. So if you do have any particular question, please ask us. Um, and then we can try to ask our brilliant Young Soon here to answer a few of these um, uh, questions. So right now, we talk about the youth. We are coming back to the parent again. You know, nowadays parents are overly protected. That's the problem, you know. So anything the kid always look upon to the parent. I mean, that's fine, fine. But are we teaching them a life skills like we already talked about? But... Um, in terms of education, or so even after they get married, sometimes they are also overly protected. They are also overly getting involved in everything. Do you think this is necessary as well? Yeah, I, I think that's go going back to whatever we just discussed. I do agree, yeah. right? That uh, I think a lot of parents these days they kind of over try to over engineer their their, their children's development pathway. But uh, I think there's another aspect which I think that. That is, it's just impossible. Like that, 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 the parents is just, uh, they just cannot protect the kids from. I mean, as as much as you try to like want to like insulate the child from all these like the, the dangerous world out there. The the fact is again because of techno technological change, the, the the youth of today always have access to new forms of technology, new forms of information that the parents are unfamiliar with. And they'll access it regardless or not. Uh, you try to impose like kind of like barriers in between yeah. them and, and that platform. So um, I, I I guess that mindset of wanting to be kind of be helicopter parents be like all encompassing over like what the child is going through as if like you're uh, yeah yeah like a terrarium or something like that child is a plant growing in it i think that, that that's really getting increasingly impossible but what instead is again perhaps it's possible in the early years of the child's um upbringing but again once the child reach youth i think that's where like um, there needs again there needs to be space to be given to them for them to flourish and i think we all need to adopt the mindset that uh we need to be prepared that the child might make mistakes. They might fail. They might fall down in a way, sometimes pretty badly. But I think just being mentally prepared for that and not trying to think too much about trying to preempt all this, prevent them from yeah. making these mistakes, making this failure. I think that's crucial. I think that's a crucial mindset shift that needs to happen in order for yeah. us to really give, like, give, allow the youth to like, realize their potential and like, flourish. Like, and also, I think, Yongsen, I think adding to that, or rather echo to that, I think parents are overly protecting their kid. And then uh, when the kid faces a failure, um, the kid not able to cope up with that 
mechanism because right now, because everything is seen as a success, right? Because the parent is there to protect, you know, everything is comfort, especially in, in, the, in the place that we live right now, right? Everything is safe, everything is protected, everything is there for as a guideline, as a process. But here we have another viewer, so asked us, do you see more and more Singapore youth joining the government and making policies and laws for the future Singapore? That's a very interesting question because, uh, so <laughs> interestingly, when I'm talking to my friends who are kind of like going to join the government service soon, either because they're on scholarship and are bonded or like because they aspire to go in there. Yeah. Because of the explosion of career options out there, there are much more high paying jobs, very lucrative careers that looks very fun and enjoyable and meaningful that are out there in the private sector. I do see a big chunk of my scholar friends thinking, like contemplating whether they should even like surf out that bond or should they just like break, break the bond and then join a big tech company and then hoping mm -hmm. a company will pay it out. I think increasingly because of the options are made available, you kind of have this interesting dynamic where like the traditional group of people that the government seeks to attract, like, which is they always say that we want to attract the best people, the more the best and brightest students to join the service, they are facing competition. They're facing significant, stiff competition from the private sector, which kind of like is drawing, sucking away a lot of these talent. But at the same time, you do see like the government also changing. They have cre they're creating new agencies, for example, GovTech, which is dealing specifically with like technological change and also like um, getting involved in technological innovation. That is a response to whatever changes that's happening out there in the private sector. So I guess it's two-way. There's no, like, I can't say simply that the youth are, that there's an increasing trend of youth wanting to join government or wanting to, like, not join government. I think it remains to be seen how this plays out in the long term. Because right now, I think it's very much in a state of flux. The Because these are two very viable options out there, uh, both providing very like um kind of like attractive career progression uh pathways. So I think we our generation is kind of spoiled for a choice right now. But I think um if I go even deeper about I guess what this question is asking is like are youth today concerned about um, the direction of where Singapore is going? Maybe like the kind of certain uh, passionate about like social issues that Singapore is facing. I think most definitely so. Uh, especially if you walk around, if you look at kind of like the activity that's happening on social media platforms, the number of Instagram, like socially conscious, environmentally conscious Instagram pages that have popped up um, in this past few years, you'll see that actually the youth today care very much about where society is going, where politics is going, and also where the, the climate crisis is going. So again, this is a function of like, um, this, this is an effect of like, uh, the youth being much more better informed, much more connected to what's happening around the world. So, which make them like much more passionate about these topics. So, no matter where they go, these are the topics uh, in terms of their career. Like, these are the topics that they are very interested in, they are deeply passionate about. It's an amazing uh, 53 minutes, Young uh, Sun, to have a great uh, conversation with Kopi, with Vance. I think uh, we have covered uh, pretty much all the uh, questions from the viewers and also a few questions that prepared for you. I think you have answered it in um, such a manner that uh, it, it is just marvelous, right? Uh, you are the rising star of a great lawyer in, in, in what, in another two years' time? Oh, uh, they're not take out the mentor, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, great, you know, we, we, we talked a lot of stuff about being a parent, being a youth, uh, what are the challenges faced? And we have a lot of great uh, comments, uh, comment session from the um, uh, viewers as well. We talked about that and we tried, and we answered a couple of that. Thank you, viewers. We are in Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for the past 55 minutes with Yongsun, uh, the rising fourth-year undergrade in law and liberal arts from Yale and U.S. College and, and U.S. Law, having a great conversation with him. Um, we are almost coming up. We just have a five more minutes. So now we're going to do the warm down. So you see, I'm coming from the fitness background, all right? I'm a fitness coach. So I did the warm up. I did the main part of the program exercise. Now we need to do the warm down. All right? So we need to bring the, <laughs> we need to bring the pressure down, the blood pressure, 
they don't try to relax, breathe and breathe out. All right. Um, so yeah, young son. So tell us what is your future? I mean, what have you aimed for? I mean, are you going to go into the private practice? Are you going to go to the government sector? Or are you going to what what are you going to do? Are you still going to study more? You know, now we know that you're already doing double degree. Uh it's 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 wow, it's it's really remarkable. Very remarkable. What are your plans? Given I said in the past hour or so about rapid changes, I'm also taking my future in like kind of like bite-sized chunks. So I'm kind of like pre-planning at uh, like um only two, three years in advance right now at the moment. Uh for, for for me because I have the again the privilege of being single and not just can I can just focus on like my individual goals and aspirations for now. Uh, I'm just I do intend to go into uh, practice, uh, get qualified, get called to the bar, and work uh, at least have at least two three years of working experience in the legal industry before I look at whether I want to before I make a decision on whether I should stay on or maybe like pivot to another industry altogether. Because I, I think many of us have been reading on the news that there's a huge, there's a very high lawyer attrition right now. Uh, people are, since COVID, the COVID struck, uh, lawyers have been quitting their jobs on mass. Uh, I think that's, that's a big problem in terms of like the, the problems of like toxic work environment and very demanding uh, work, workplace kind of like stresses that the kind of legal industry is kind of grappling with right now. I hope those kind of like get addressed to a significant degree by the time I join the industry. But uh, if I leave the industry, it's also because I do have other interests out there. I've always been interested in entrepreneurship and also like the business side of things. So I do hope that law, law is a very versatile degree at the end of the day. It allows me to transition into many different other industries and explore different areas uh, at the end of the day. So I think my possibilities are kind of like, mm, it's quite limited, limitless la, uh, as far as can see uh, tell right now. So ask me again in maybe five years. <laughs> but, but, but I got to say this, you know, after today's show, um, we are going into podcasts, right? Spotify and Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube. You never know. Some law corporate, uh, you know, might just call you up and say, Yongsun, sign the papers. Uh, you want to graduate, join us directly. You never know, right? Uh, we got a manifest and then you spoke very well. Uh, it seems like I'm speaking to a lawyer right now, um, <laughs> not even an undergraduate, because the way you explained, the way you put it up things, it's very deep. Uh, it has a very a great meaning and a purpose to it. And I'm sure we was also liking it. And, and probably you look at that, they were already asking you questions regarding about government, you know, looking at policies. They even talk about globalization, you know, talking about countries. So I think you did a very great job today, Yongsun. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I do hope that I think my sharing kind of added value to, I guess, all the viewers and listeners out there, just like giving, shedding light on the kind of like youth perspective to all these issues. And uh, youth will definitely will love you for saying, give them space. <laughs> youth will definitely, those youth who are listening to this right now, you definitely will love Yongsun because he said that parents should relax a little bit. Give their children a little bit of leeway. You know? Let them explore. Let them fall down and come up. You just guide them. You know, he's he spoken very well. I think it's a great um, uh, upbringing of your parents as well. I think um, the way they have brought you up, the trust, and like what you shared, you know, after a certain period of time, you know what? You make the choice. We are there to support. I think, I think it's brilliant. It's a great thanks to your parents as well for, for such a, a product of you right now speaking to us, Yongsun. Definitely, definitely. Always very grateful and indebted to them for whatever they have done for me all these years. Yeah. All right. So we are coming to the end of the Kopi events. Um, any last wise word or wisdom words that you want to say in a nutshell? of what we have spoke for the past one hour? I guess, like, um, the parting message would just be, I, I guess, like, um, there's more in common than we think there is between the youth of today as well as, like, the older generations. Again, there are a lot of universal values that we do share. And ultimately, we all kind of want the same thing, which is we want, like, all of us in, as individuals to thrive. We also hope for a more peaceful world, and for all of us to live in harmony. 
uh, and to minimize suffering across the board. I think these are things that we all agree upon. And actually, youth today, we are also like very passionate about realizing these things. But we just need to recognize that there are changing circumstances. There's a different context right now that the youth are growing up in. And being able to empathize with this is quite important to be able to like bridge this divide, this, this seeming divide between the, between the generations. And I think moving forward, if we are able to cross this divide, I think that, I mean, the, the, the possibilities are endless uh, for intergenerational collaboration and for us all to work towards a better, better planet, a be better society. Um, thank you so much, Jongsun. If you look at the messages right now, uh, people say you guys rock. Uh, there's someone who said, agree, Yongson. You know, uh, somebody already said, we love you, Yongson. So you already oh, got really? a face. You never know, right? right? Uh, you never know where opportunity brings. Like I said, uh, you just have to be open. You may never know. Someone who's watching this from a law corporate office, you know, hey, we want this guy for our... Uh, for for our future lawyer, you know, you never know. Eh? Never. Thank you all the, I mean, thank you and all the best for your finals uh, in another two years time, right? One year time? The bar two exams years. and all that? Yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, it, it's great to have you in Kopi with Vance Yongson. Thank you so much and we stay connected. Um, a lot of more opportunities going to come in, like I mentioned earlier, uh, backstage. So let's hope for that and uh, we will catch up real soon. Have a great weekend ahead. All right. We are already now in Wednesday. So have a great weekend ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me and have a great week for you too. Thank you so much, uh, Yongsun. Thank you. All right, viewers. So that is uh, Yongsun, um, a great uh, speaker, I got to say. You know, uh, nowadays our youth, um, it's an amazing Yongsun, the raising fourth year undergrad in law and liberal arts um, from Yale and U.S. College and U.S. Law. Um, he has delivered a very beautiful presentation on the topic of what does the youth really want today? I mean, what does the youth of today truly want? Uh, he spoke in the aspect of a parent and as, as a youth and himself. Um, we, we, we shared, right? I mean, I definitely learned. I really enjoyed um, in this particular segment of um, topic. So if you do have any questions or if you do want to engage Yongsun, you definitely can do that. Type in, in the comment section and uh, we will be able to answer that for you. Um, if time permits, I'm sure Yongsun will definitely will do that. We are also at Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you have missed it, you can always listen to them at any point of time. There's almost close to 150 old videos for the past two and a half years, yes, of uh, Kopi events. It's all loaded there. So you can just listen it if you have a particular question. So if you can um, ask us, right? If you have any question, you can always ask me. And if you look at the uh, Spotify and Apple podcast, the best thing is that um, there's a lot of videos, or rather a lot of segments that was talked on health, like the liver, the pancreas, the lung, the heart, the brain, um, the eyes, the mouth, the ENT. We have literally covered everything. Um, and as I spent these two and a half years of hosting Kopi events and drinking lots of coffee, thanks to the pandemic, you know, it made me an uh, addict. Um, there was a point of time that I, I said, you know, coffee is not good. But right now it's fine. Don't overdo it. Go for less sugar or no sugar. Um, that is very important. I, I just get a, a last message here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Yongsun, for the great sharing session. Um, as a parent, um, just uh, as a parent myself, I think we all need to let our kid or our youth go a little. Um, let them make mistakes, minor mistakes, you know, but you got to monitor them. I think that's very important. That's very crucial. Uh, if we overly protect them, perhaps... Uh, they may not able to face the real world once they step out. Um, like I always said, all dads are superheroes. All moms are, you know, those are Wonder Woman, you know. They do extraordinary things for the kids. But we got to understand, life is not just about education. It's about life skills. Um, it is a both. You need paper qualifications. You need life skills. So we need to let them learn. Um, do not overly protect them. Like what Yongsun has said, you know, after a certain age, 
the parents know that he was responsible. He has the attitude. He has the behavior. They just stood back. They just stood back and said, you know what? Go ahead. We will support you. The kind of confidence, the kind of um, environment, I think, is very important. Um, of course, you also do a lot of mistakes. We are not, they are not angels as well. <laughs> I also saying the parents are also not angels. But as much as that parents take a lot of responsibility, they tend to push it over to the kids because they want the best for the kids. But then kids like, hey, you know what? Or the youth like, you know what? I'm losing my youth. I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, go clubbing and doing things. But then they're not. Um, they're also missing a lot of stuff. So it's always a, a balance that I call it, you know. You put it so much over here, it just shoots up and then become totally uh, unbalanced. So explore. <laughs> at the end of the day, um, you can nurture them. But at the end of the day, they are going to face the life that is ahead of them. Um, as usual, every Wednesday, 9 p.m., copy with Vans with a different topic. Um, same environment. Yeah. And I'll catch you then. Uh, till then, this is Vance. Uh, have a good week. I, I keep on saying weekend. I don't know why. I think probably I'm living in the weekend right now. Um, I'll catch you all soon next Wednesday, 9 p.m. live. Check out our podcast as well. Send it to your friends. Send it to your families. Anybody, you know, who want to listen to it. Catch you then. Adios, amigos.